You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. Do us a huge favor. Please rate us five stars and write a review as we like to say, hey, constructive criticism, always welcome here at the Sooner Schooner Show because that's how we get better. But more importantly, if you rate us five stars and you write a review and you send a picture of that to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, you'll win a Heartland College Sports podcast koozie, or at least just a Heartland College Sports koozie. I don't think the word podcast is on it, but Heartland College Sports, which is an all-encompassing media outlet that Pete runs. And it's perfect because here in Oklahoma, at least, uh, we've entered that time of year where you're going to be spending more time at the lake and at the pool. So you're going to want that koozie to put your beer in and look good for all your friends. And if you don't drink beer, well, then you can put your truly in it. All right. What, what, whatever beverage you're, of your choice that you would like to keep cool, you'll want that fashionable Heartland College Sports koozie. So again, rate us five stars. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Coming up on today's show, and yeah, I'm taking a little bit longer to introduce this than, than normally what, what our boss likes. Uh, but I know we're picking up new new listeners every week, and I thank you for listening, whether you're a longtime listener or you're just coming aboard. But we like to look at things from a big picture status and from a topical status because there's a hundred, at least a hundred OU podcasts out there, and you've got several guys that can do in depth breakdowns of uh, uh, of the depth chart for OU football at you know at, at every at every single position. They can do an in-depth breakdown of everybody playing. And then the other thing is all these other podcasts are giving Patty Gasso her flowers, which she rightfully deserves. Maybe they're giving KJ Kindler and the and and the women's uh gymnastics team the flowers they deserve as well. We do some of that, but mostly we like to go topical, take it a little bit more big picture, and tell you how certain things, especially in the college football world, apply to OU and why it should be important to you as a fan because I'm an old radio guy and you you do topical kind of stuff so I hope you enjoy it and um, with that in mind coming up in segment two which will definitely be worth you listening to we're going to talk about Lane Kiffin yeah I know he's from Ole Miss but he said the most he, he made the truest statement anyone could possibly make about college football and if you're lucky enough to have a kid being recruited you're going to want to hear that But since we are just a week away, can you believe that? A week away from the spring game, let's talk about some OU football directly and what has my interest peaked this week, and it is the defensive line. Now, the whole defense is going to be everybody else's main focus when the spring game gets here next week. We want to see if these guys are really improving the way that Brent Venables says they are. And truth of the matter is, like I told you, you will not know until OU gets into conference play just how good this defense is. Because last year, hey, three games in, it's all high fives, it's all good. The Kansas State rolled around and the bottom fell out. But when you look at this defense and and you put it under a, a microscope or a magnifying glass, the defensive line brings up some very interesting questions because, first of all, you're talking about a defense overall that only produced 13 sacks for OU. And with this defensive line, OU has added four guys via the transfer portal. you got guys coming out of Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Texas State, and Wake Forest. 
And one of those guys that you're going to be, you're going to love, hopefully you'll love because hopefully he'll stay healthy, is Trace Ford, who played at Oklahoma State for three years. Now, I've watched this kid ever since he's been at Edmond Santa Fe. But him and this kid out of Wake Forest combined, combined have 25 career sacks. They combined have 25 career sacks. OU only had 13 total last year. So you figure if it's not the overall big-name free agent signing, it's got to be some improvement. And the depth itself with the way that college football is played and how physically demanding it can get, whether you're playing up-tempo offenses, which are very in vogue, not just in the Big 12, but all over college football now, or on, on that occasion that you play somebody that likes to be a lot more physical and run the ball more, you need as many bodies as you can crank You can crank into a game as possible. OU has that. OU has that on the defensive line. Whether or not these guys will be any good or not, or whether or not they'll perform up to what, what the OU standards are, that remains to be seen. But at least you're adding guys to go along with the dudes that are already there, and hopefully it can make some sort of difference this, this season for OU. I, the thing that... The thing that I've really just kind of zeroed in on, though, in all this is the fact that uh, Jacob Lacey, he's one of the transfers on here. He's he's out of Notre Dame. Now, he was actually recruited by Brent Venables. He was also recruited by Todd Bates, the defensive line coach, while he was in high school. And, of course, Brent Venables and, and Todd Bates were recruiting him to go to Clemson, not Oklahoma. He ended up going to Notre Dame, and once they found out he was in the transfer portal, they were the first call, or his first call was to OU to see if they had a spot. And if you think about the way that the transfer portal is run, okay, and just how quickly kids can jump around, because we have an, we have another window opening. Re- remember that. We've got another window opening coming up after the spring. So whether guys felt like they didn't get enough playing time, they're not getting they're not getting the reps, they don't feel like they're really adjusting to what Brent Venables wants to do on defense or what Jeff Levy wants to do on offense, then you're going to see a bunch of kids jump into the portal. And OU's not only going to lose some, but obviously they're going to bring some in. And with the way that kids move around in college football and how transient it's become, you have to remember as a coach, when you're out on the road, when you're in a kid's house, especially now, you're no longer recruiting just for that year, okay? You're, you're no longer recruiting for a kid to sign at National Signing Day in, in December or February, but mostly December. You're, you're not just recruiting for that. You're recruiting for the possibility that you're not going to get this kid, but you've got to keep a relationship open so when he's not happy at the place that he chose to go over yours, you can be the first to zero in on him. And you have to be in constant contact with these kids, even if it's violating every single rule in college football. And here's the thing about constant contact, okay? And I don't know how many how many times you get to hear this. I look, I'm sure there are people out there that'll tell you about it, but the way you stay in constant contact with a kid and you don't get in trouble for it, there's a few ways to do this. One, you can have players on the team 
constantly texting, calling this guy, seeing how he's doing. They can report back to you as the coach, and then you can decide whether or not you want to continue to pursue it. And of course, if the guy is that much of a difference maker, you'd be stupid not to pursue it. You need to do that. OU's actually actually done that. Didn't end up working out for him all that all that well, but that's one way to do it without getting in trouble. The other way, and this has been going this way has been going on for years, a lot longer than most people know, is that you stay in contact with the high school coach. Always stay in contact with the high school coach. One, because you're going to need him for future players. And you want to build up that relationship so when you're in there recruiting, it's you versus another school. Let's just say it's OU versus Texas. Well, if OU's been good to the high school coach and OU's been good to the players at that school, then you're going to get first dibs. But in the transfer portal day and age, you always ask about that guy you recruited And if he chose LSU over OU, you ask the question, is he happy there? Is he liking Baton Rouge? How's he doing? And you can mix that in. Look, if you're a good salesman, think about about like if you've ever bought a car or you've ever bought an appliance, just some what you call a, a big ticket item, something that costs at least three figures, but closer to closer to four or five, a good salesman won't sell you. They'll just sit down and they'll have a conversation with you, and it's casual. That whole time, that good salesman is collecting data, he's taking mental notes, and he knows what your hot buttons are. He knows when to strike. So as a coach, if you're just sitting down on the phone having a casual text conversation and you act like you're interested in the kid, like, oh, hey, you know, we liked him and he was here and, you know, we're sorry we didn't get him, but doggone it, you know, Johnny's still great and I just wish the best for him and, and I really liked his family. Hey, how's he doing? How, how's he doing down, down in Baton Rouge? You know, like, okay, 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 good. And, and then you just, you keep asking that to the point where one day, When you ask that question, that coach is either going to be very honest with you and say, no, it's not really working out for him there. Um, He's thinking about getting into the transfer portal. You find out if he's still interested via that coach. Or you're in the middle of workout or whatever, and then that coach picks up the phone and texts you, hey, Johnny ain't happy where he's at. I know that you were asking about that, and he was kind of asking if you had a place for him. You go from there. But you have to constantly – it's a recruiting game, and we always hear about recruiting your own players. That's how you keep them from getting in the transfer portal, but it's not just your own players that, that you're recruiting. Think about all the people who college coaches – think about all the butts that college coaches have to, have to kiss. you got high school kids and their parents. You've got the coaches. You've got the kids on your team now, especially those who aren't playing and get their feelings hurt, and – You've got kids that you recruited in the past but rejected you for another place that you have to maintain that relationship just in case he springs free. That's a lot of rear kissing. Most people can't do it. And that's why when you hear coaches go off about, you know, I don't want to keep recruiting my own kids, that's why. Because they're constantly recruiting everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you might say that's their job. A lot of them look at their job as, hey, we're here to win. We're here to coach football. We're not here 
to necessarily make everybody happy. And along those lines, there's one coach that backs me up, and his name is Lane Kiffin, and we'll tell you what he had to say next here on the Sooner Schooner Show. You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. Uh, Back when Lincoln Riley was coaching Oklahoma, and I want to think that maybe this was in his third year. Yeah, because I wasn't working in Tulsa yet. Still doing an an, an OU podcast at that time, uh, doing some stuff for uh, iHeartRadio as well. But it was his third year. I threw out the suggestion that if Lincoln Riley ever left or got you know, got wooed by by the Dallas Cowboys or whoever, Lane Kiffin would be a perfect replacement for Lincoln Riley. Here was my thoughts behind that. One, because Lane Kiffin's an offensive guy, Lincoln Riley's an offensive guy. They've got the same offensive philosophy, so it's not a it's not a big change for the kids. The other the other thing that that made Lane Kiffin the perfect candidate for OU is he's got that Barry Switzer thing about him where he might be an a-hole, but he's your a-hole. And as long as he's winning, he'll have your back, you'll have his. Okay, well, he'll have your back only to an extent because the guy did consider the Auburn job and did say earlier that uh, this year that that had played some heck on him. Okay, but Lane Kiffin, for as much as you may not like him, as slimy as you may think he is, or... Maybe you're still upset about the way that that he left Tennessee and are still saying he couldn't get it done at USC, even though no one could get it done at USC when he was there because lack of scholarships due to the past regime. Lane Kiffin has gotten to the point where he gives zero dams about what anyone thinks. He wants to be transparent, and it's refreshing. And if you're a, a parent who is lucky enough to have a kid that, that's going to be going to play college football at any level or play college sports at any level, listen to what Lane Kiffin has to say. He straight up, in a recent interview, said that he will not use the word family, does not preach family around Ole Miss because it's not. And he said down in the South, he pointed out the South, said a lot of moms, they want to hear that it's family and you're going to take care of their kid. He said, these programs are going to take care of your kid. I'm not going to take care of your kid. It's not my job to make your kid happy. And it's back to that whole, my job is to, is to make you a better football player so we can win games. And I'm paraphrasing that. But he told us that it's not a family because would you ever tell a family member, hey, maybe we can help you transfer because it's in your best interest to transfer, which translates to we don't think you're that good. We want to take your scholarship away. We feel a little guilty about it, so we're going to make some calls to some other coaches, and if they're willing to pick you up, then, hey, that's great. Sorry it didn't work out here. Still love you, Jeff, Uh, but we think it's time that you know, you, you you went you went down the road that, that you ended up at Southern Miss or hey man, you're smart enough to go to Vanderbilt. They'll take somebody that that that, that played for us or maybe Oklahoma State's looking for someone. Return the favor for Spencer Sanders. That's Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin is is admitting just how cold and cruel this sport can be for anybody that plays it. And don't think for one second 
that Brent Venables doesn't think the same way that, that Lane Kiffin did, and we darn sure know that Lincoln Riley thought the same way as Brent Venables did. That if some kid can't cut it anymore, it's very easy to suggest that they go into the transfer portal. And no, that's not how you treat your family. Okay, maybe you want to treat your family that way. I mean, come on, there, there are times, you know it, there are times, and why it's always Thanksgiving, still be on me. I think as everyone just gets tired from eating so much. During Thanksgiving, there are times you want to ship part of your family off, but you know you can't do it. They're your family. You're stuck with it. And if you really needed them, they would be there. And if they needed you, you would be there. Well, that's not college football, man. It is a business. And as long as Lane Kiffin can control who comes in and who comes out, he's going to. Same with Brent Venables. So if you're lucky enough, again, to have that kid of yours being recruited, and some coach is sitting down in your living room, and they're giving you the spill or spiel about, hey, it's a family. You know, we have a family atmosphere at University of Oklahoma. Hey, we've got a family atmosphere at Central Oklahoma or wherever your kid's going. Call BS on that. Call BS. Say, no, don't, don't use those words. We, we know what your job is. We know that if you have to take our kid's scholarship away, you're going to do it because our kid's not working out and you need to give that scholarship to somebody who's, who's going who's, who's gonna to help the program. We also know, and this is what my co-host Pat Jones always likes to say, uh, the minute that my son jumps off sides, you're going to MF him. You're, you're going to do that because he's not supposed to jump off sides. You don't MF your family, even under the worst circumstances. Okay, maybe I have I, you know, just you know, throwing myself under the bus. Maybe you have every, every once in a while. But for the most part, we're not saying those words. Because we don't look at our family as a vehicle to help our career success. And the more we know about that, honestly, the easier it, the easier it makes to swallow what's going on in college sports. It, it makes it easier to, to, to understand why kids want to grab the NIL money. Why it's so important for these collectives to be involved and go out and, and, and do the pay-for-play thing for kids. Because, yeah, it's a business. And when you understand that, then there are certain things that become a lot more apparent and a lot more digestible. And I know that there are are those people out there, you're generally older, that just, you know, want to be Pollyannish. And because, you know, a kid puts on a crimson and cream uniform, he's a good kid, he plays at OU, we need to support him, coaches need to support him. Just know that that is not the real world. And... And college sports is no different from pro sports. It's never been any different from pro sports. So if kids can profit while playing it, and yes, I know you can always make the argument they're getting paid with a scholarship, but if they can profit off of it because coaches can profit off of it and coaches can take take that money away, take that salary away at any time, hey, then make all you can. And remember, it's a job. You can get fired from your job. You can get fired from college football too, even if you're not a coach. That wraps up this week's edition of the Sooner Schooner Show. I'm Eric G. We'll be back next week talking a lot more about the spring game. Remember, rate us five stars, write a review, take a screenshot of that review or a picture, and send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. 
and get yourself a free koozie. And until next week, may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to paraphrase Don Cornelius, love, peace, and boomer sooner.